ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Y-Pulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their latest trend report on young consumers and COVID's continued impact on their lives. Mary Lee Bliss, Y-Pulse's chief content officer, is here to discuss what Y-Pulse's research can tell us about how young consumers' attitudes have shifted and changed since March 2020 and where things are going. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Since the pandemic hit, we've heard people start to make noises about the new normal. Almost immediately, they started talking about the new normal and imagining what the return to work would look like. And as the pandemic has continued, what that meant precisely has has been up in the air. And what's great about your constant surveying is that you're able to see how things are shaking out in the minds of young consumers as they adjust to living in these disrupted times. And I think this is really valuable. Um, we're all dealing with kind of a new, new normal. It's different from how we imagined it would be. But before we dive into your findings, can you give us top line information about the trend report, geographic territory you cover, age of who you survey, how representative it is, and what we're looking at with regard to margin of error? Yeah, absolutely. So Y Pulse is constantly surveying young consumers, as you said, on a huge range of topics. We ask them about their behaviors, the kind of how much, how many, how often of where they're shopping, where they're spending their time. And we produce reports around that on a weekly basis. But then we also zoom out every month and look at these large trends that young consumers are fueling or are impacting the way that they view the world. Um, and these bigger kind of shifts that are, are happening We have a unique survey for each one of those. All of our surveys for North America are conducted among um, 1450, 13 to 39-year-olds in the U.S. and Canada. Um, Those are nationally representative samples, and we're looking at a very small margin of error, around 3%. So you're looking at, you know, really real-time, very close to reality stats on how young consumers are feeling about um, whatever we're asking them about in that moment. Fantastic. This pandemic makes me feel a little bit like a kid in a car ride. You know, are we there yet? Um, It just seems like we aren't ever reaching that after COVID phase that we thought we would. Am I alone in that feeling or are young consumers right in the car with me? Absolutely not alone. Um, We really wanted to look starting 2022 at how young consumers are really feeling. And we get questions about this, of course, um, from brands who want to know what the right tone is um, when they're right. talking to young consumers, when they're creating marketing. Um, and though many, um, just a few months into the pandemic, wanted to immediately say, okay, well, when, when does it end and what comes after? Mm. Um, and we certainly you know, tried to predict some of that. The reality is uh, we have to talk about COVID still um, because this is their uh, reality as it is for all of us. And for young people, for Gen Z and millennials who are at these really uh, vulnerable ages, um, you know, their teens, their early 20s, trying to build these huge life 
life milestones, trying to build careers, trying to go to school. Um, this pandemic has eaten away at a significant portion of those years, those significant years, and changed their view of their goals um, going forward, but also um, what life and, and normalcy is like, um, because the longer this has gone on, the more this has become baked into them as, as a norm. Right. There was a lot of positivity around what we would get when vaccines came out. We were hoping for the summer of freedom and mm-hmm. that, you know, no more masks, we could all go out and about and life would return somewhat to normal. Obviously things adjusted, Delta, Omicron. Sure. So what do young consumers see coming down the pike? So, yeah, we saw that among young consumers, too, that, you know, there was kind of a a spike in hope and a dip in the number of young consumers in the U.S. who believed that COVID would last more than six months, which is something we ask them every month and have since the beginning of the pandemic. How long do you think that the pandemic is going to last? And in the summer of 2021, we saw the number who believed that the the pandemic would last more than six months dip to the lowest amount that we've seen Hmm. um, throughout all of this tracking, around 40%. Um, And then towards the end of the summer, a huge spike back up. Um, And that's continued to to be uh, the majority who believe it will last more than six months um, through today. Um, And, you know, of course, um, they still see this as the COVID era, um, the majority of them. So uh, as much enthusiasm as there was for moving past it and both among young consumers and among the brands who who want to talk about something else, this is still very much their world. Just so I can square up the timing, when was this study in, in field? Was it over the holidays? Was when, when was it? Because is it right as Omicron was going or had it not even hit yet? Yeah, it was um, as Omicron was going. Um, okay. So the, the survey... Um, Right at the beginning, really, I would say, of that variant, um, it was fielded uh, in the end of November. Um, okay. But we continue to ask some of these questions in all of our uh, monthly surveys. So okay. the questions around how long they believe that the pandemic will last and some of the kind of uh, what they're comfortable with, we asked into late December and even early January for those numbers. Right. So this is really, this is really reflects what's going on right now. And so far I'm feeling very young and very in tune with young consumers. (laughs) We've talked previously about mental health and these generations. We've talked about it vis-a-vis their workplace expectations. And even prior to the pandemic, how these generations were aware of mental health and comfortable about talking about mental health in ways that other older generations weren't. We've called them the anxious generation. Are are we still are, are they you know do, are they just completely shot are they still the anxious generation yeah. how how does how does this how does their relationship with mental health has it changed or is it pretty steady I mean, of course, they're still incredibly anxious. These generations are more likely to report anxiety and mental health issues, partly because they are more comfortable talking about them and they want to drop drop the stigmas around them. And yes, this this pandemic has been a a huge toll on their mental health. What we do see, though, is, is really interesting. While the number who say that the pandemic will end in 2022 is by far the minority Um, And in fact, the majority say that this is the new normal and life will never fully return to the way that it was before COVID-19. 
in that kind of state of adjustment and viewing this as a new norm, we do see some interesting shifts in regards to their mental health. The number who say that their mental health has been impacted negatively by coronavirus has decreased somewhat between 2020 and 2021. Now, it's still a huge number. It's still it's still 50% of young consumers who say that their negative their mental health has been negatively impacted by the pandemic, which is not a surprise. This has right. been incredibly, incredibly hard. That said, it did decrease somewhat compared to December of 2020. And kind of across the board, when we ask about the areas of their life that has uh, been negatively impacted by the pandemic, we see decreases um, the, uh, their financial situation. There are fewer who say that it's been negatively impacted um, their physical health and their future success, their relationships with friends and family, all of those. We saw decreases in the number who say that uh, those areas of their lives have been negatively impacted. Um, so, so that's really interesting. We also have seen decreases in just the number who report feeling mentally exhausted, overwhelmed, lack of energy, kind of signs of burnout. Um, when we compare how they felt in 2021 to how they're currently feeling. So we do see some kind of drops in those numbers and our assessment is there's, there's an adjustment happening. Again, well, right. The radical acceptance of this is how it is then recalibrates what you want, I suppose. And I hate to, you know, oversay the term new normal. I think everyone's probably a little bit sick of hearing it, but if they believe that life will not fully return to the way that it was before COVID-19, And in fact, over half say they like the way that their life is right now. Not everything, obviously, but they are finding the things that they love. They are reassessing goals and and focusing on things that make them happy. There's an adjustment and and kind of a lessening of some of those those really huge impacts that we saw, especially in the beginning when it was all so sudden and so difficult to kind of calibrate what had just been life with what was our, our reality. Right. Well, that's interesting. It really is interesting how, where you separate your disappointment of things being taken away and it just is the as is situation Mm -hmm. and you adjust to that. How does fitness and physical health relate to mental health for these generations? Well, for one, we know that young consumers believe that mental health is just as important as physical health when it Mm -hmm. comes to, um, when it comes to well-being. So, you know, they're prioritizing mental health as much as physical. We also know that physical health is incredibly important to them. You know, we wrote trends about this before the pandemic, that this is a a wellness-focused generation in in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. Um, And wellness intensified was the name of the trend that we wrote before the pandemic, where we really saw young consumers kind of doubling down on things like, you know, fitness tracking and sleep tracking. And, you know, not just about, you know, their approach to physical health is not just about losing weight. It's about being fit, being strong, but also, you know, all sorts of aspects, mental health, uh, sleep health, you know, all these different things. When we look at what they want for the year ahead, we see that mental wellness is a huge priority, but so is, so is physical health and physical wellness. And the number who say that they're committed to improving, improving their physical health is significant among both Gen Z and millennials with over four in 10 of both of those groups saying they're committed to, to improving their physical health in 2022. Now, of course, there's a little bit of New Year's resolution to right. that, right? Right. But know that it's top of mind. 
Right. So they've got a revised sense of what's happening. One of the great things about what you do is is that you survey these topics over time so you can see the trends over time. So if we're looking at their views on socializing and doing activities, are they roller coasting in terms of, of, you know, what you talked about in terms of the spike of hope and then the dip, or are you seeing straight line trends? Yeah, this is where things got really interesting for us because as I said, we saw the number who believed that the pandemic would last would more than six months go down and then increase again after the introduction of these variants. But what we haven't seen go back up is the number who say that they are quarantining. Mm. And so we see a very steady decrease in the number who say that they are currently self-quarantining, which in the survey we define as staying home as much as possible, not socializing, not going to places like restaurants and public areas. That's decreased incredibly steadily through the beginning of the pandemic to now, where now around 40% of young people say that they're currently self-quarantining. So that's the lowest point that we've seen throughout the pandemic. So while they think that COVID will last more than six months, they are continuously beginning to pick back up on the some of the activities that they they dropped in different ways and at uh, different kind of different amounts, I would say, than they did pre-pandemic. Um, but we definitely see this kind of steady return to in-person activities, whether they're comfortable with them fully or not. Right. Um, yeah, that was another interesting kind of thing that we saw that the number of you young people in the U.S. who are actually comfortable with a number of in-person activities is increasing slowly. <laughs> right. It's definitely not leaps and bounds, which is understandable. That said, they the majority are cautiously returning to a lot of these things that they were doing before the pandemic. So when they say yes, they're saying yes to going in restaurants. And what are some of the other things they're saying yes to? Yeah. The number one thing that they say that they're comfortable with is going shopping in person. The majority of Gen Z and millennials say that they're comfortable with that. And and that stayed really steady. Going to school in person has increased uh, since May of 2021, but we definitely don't see that uh, increasing hugely now. It's around 50% who say that they're comfortable with going to school in person among students, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, This is really Really interesting because right now we we see a lot of kind of upset in some schools um, in New York. Uh, just this week, there was a walkout staged among students among about in-person learning with many wanting a remote option because they are worried about their exposure to to the new variant. So, you know, there there are caveats to these things for sure. But again, you know, their comfort is certainly higher than it was last year. Going out to eat in restaurants, um, we've seen that increase somewhat steadily. Going to work in person, the same. Going to movies and theaters. Those are the top things that they are um, currently comfortable with. Again, a slow increase in comfort. But just uh, their comfort and the the actual doing of these things are not necessarily one and the same. Even if they're not comfortable, many of them are, are already doing these things. Um, so it's just keeping in mind that they might not be fully comfortable with going to the movies or being in large crowds. The majority are doing those things because they feel they have to. They have to, you know, go to work or go to school, or maybe they feel like if I don't go, you know, continue on with my life, I it, it will never happen because this is not ending 
ending anytime soon. So I need to, you know, do some of these things, but there's a lot of caution around all of these activities still. So what would be the consistent theme in terms of what pushes them over the edge? Is it size? Is it size of the gathering and the ability to be socially distanced? What is the, what seems to be the thing that gives them comfort I mean, yeah. obviously school is, is compulsory. So you're kind of forced into that. There's definitely some, some elements of what's compulsory and what's not. Uh-huh. I think size for sure. We see, you know, going to places in large crowds, the, that's one thing that many of them are not comfortable with. And in fact, when we ask them about the things that they will never go back to, which we did, you know, we wanted to know what's changed permanently for these generations. Um, So we asked about the things that they never want to do again, whether COVID remains a threat or not. And the number one thing that we heard was attend large crowded events. So, you know, even when things go back to quote, and quote, normal. We have two generations that have become pretty wary about crowded events. Now, it's not not all of them who are going to stay away from it. But again, I think I think brands need to keep in mind that there's going to continue to be caution around these things, even going forward. And similarly to how we had kind of a misconception of how vaccines would change attitudes, we're going to continue to see them be wary about some of these things even farther into the future. That's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how things change. And so when we're talking about crowds, these are things like sports and concerts. What are some of the other things that they probably are backing off on, or is it just purely size? Like if it's a small sporting event, that's fine. I think size is is a huge part of it and how crowded it is. Um, So, you know, how close together people are, you know, right after the vaccines, you know, we saw things like Lollapalooza 2021, which is a huge event. Now you had to be that have a vaccine um, or be COVID negative in order to enter. Um, And I think there's just going to continue to be a desire for those um, precautions and also the permission for some distance from people not to be so smashed up on top of each other. That's really, that's really interesting, which would might make people rethink sort of venues and then also the cost of putting on an event if you have to have sure. the space for things. Now, when we were talking about the lifestyle changes briefly, you did, you did mention that there's the, the new year's resolution component to that. <laughs> uh, you believe, though, that this change, the crowded stuff, that's a durable change, you believe. I mean, I guess yeah. how does how does a brand parse? So in terms of if I'm at a brand and there's some things that I should parse or think about, certainly mental health seems to be a, a really durable thing. It was there before the pandemic. It's going to be there during the pandemic and it's currently there. Physical health. There's a spike around this time of year, as there typically is. Sure. Avoiding crowds. But what are some of the other would you say durable changes that a brand should keep top of mind? Yeah, I thought there were so many interesting things that young consumers told us. There are positive things that they've changed in their life, things that they want to continue. And some of that is the caution. In fact, the number one thing that they said that they want to continue to do five years from now that they started to do during pandemic is to be cautious about COVID and other viruses, which is really telling. The number two thing that they said that they want to continue that they started during COVID is to be healthier and exercise more. But another major thing is, and the third that they that we heard was online shopping and delivery and curbside pickup, these major shifts in their retail behaviors. Many, many of them want to continue with those. So we're going to continue to see the hybridization of retail and 
that's going to necessi- necessitate, sorry, a, a shift in in-person retail, which we were already seeing pre-pandemic, quite honestly, to really focus on, you know, experience-based or, or retail experiences that give them a little bit more than those rack, than the racks of clothes, because, you know, getting them in store is going to continue to be a struggle as it started to be before the pandemic and has been amplified during the pandemic, for sure. But it's also so a real opportunity for retailers, because this is one of the few things that people are actually really comfortable doing if it's worth doing. It sounds yes, like. if it's worth doing. Absolutely. But they also want those options for online shopping, for delivery, for curbside pickup, for all those things that they've gotten used to doing. You know, with young consumers, it's always about what do they want to do in that moment? Do they feel like going in store or do they feel like having it delivered to them? And they want both options. Oh, so if you're if you're a brand and you have a product, you must have both options. It's really you can't lean only into one. Yes. Great. So if they're if they're feeling this is the new normal with normality, you also then start to have positive things, things you're looking forward to. What are they looking forward to? What what enthuses them for 2022? Yeah. You know, the the title of this trend, the in-between, um, was really inspired by so many of their responses and their attitudes about this new normal, as you said, that they're kind of feeling on the precipice of um, being able to jump into um activities and experiences and feeling held back by these variants, but also torn between the things they've gotten used to and kind of a pressure to, to return to things as they, as they once were, you know, we see kind of an even split between young consumers who say that they like their life to be more paired back to say yes to only some things and those who say that they can't wait to get back to things the way they were. So we definitely see this kind of limbo that they're living in. But when we look at 2020, we absolutely do see that there's optimism about the year ahead. And also they do want to continue as they have been to get back to experiences in a way that they weren't able to in in 2021. So things like travel, although that's going to continue to look different, Mm -hmm. you know, expect that it will be, you know, smaller scale, that road trips will continue to be really important for this generation, that local travel will as well. The the things that they're looking forward to are very experience-based and they want that to continue. But that said, I think that brands should also keep in mind that there are many things about their current state of being that many, many young consumers want to continue with. So part of their optimism, I think, about 2022 is a continued reprioritization of, of goals and also a prioritization of their of their health and their, their mental health. So only saying yes to the things that make them feel good and make them happy. So I'm a brand and I am... Wanting to make sure my messaging is going to land well. Mm-hmm. So I can't ignore the pandemic. It's still there, but it's sort of part of the normal. How does that look in in how I communicate? What how yeah. much do I mention it? How do I deal with the pandemic? Mm-hmm. So the good news for brands is that young consumers are really open to 
messaging that appeals to both of these sides that we're talking to, the the part of them or the the number of them that want to get back into the world, that want that encouragement, that want that permission to, to go back to experiences, and the part of them that wants to be able to stay home. As I said, so much of it is how they're feeling in that moment. And I think this applies to so many things, not just retail, but also their attitudes. You know, sometimes and might, you know, kind of depend on the day and, and what the variant news is, they're going to feel like they, they want to stay home. And sometimes they're going to feel like they want to jump out. Again, there's that kind of that in-between that they're they're stuck at that has become the normal for them. So the majority say that they like for brands to encourage them to get back into the world, but they the majority also say that brands should market products that allow them to stay at home. There's that duplicity can feel like a contradiction, but it's also an opportunity. You know, they really are open to both because both are true for them. When thinking about imagery, should should brands be having people masked up, do you think, or not? Does it matter? I think it does matter when you're thinking about what situation are those people in. So think about what young consumers are comfortable with. And we've said they're they're not comfortable with large crowds quite yet. They want those, you know, precautions in place. So I think absolutely when you're talking about presenting people in in crowds and um, or traveling, you know, or so if you have different yep. different images, you should really be mindful of how what safety looks like. That sure. is still important for visuals for them. Yeah. And also, if you are, it sounds like if you are a municipality or that this is actually a tourism opportunity this you know that if you can create a destination experience great if it's outside that people will come because they they're looking for activities that allow them to do things safely Mm -hmm. yeah and especially you know safely close by so you know attainable of adventure i think is is going to be a big part of 2022 and you know they started to build that kind of reality for themselves in 2020 and 2021 absolutely will continue to be important that's interesting i love that word attainable adventure i think that that's a great way to think about it uh Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking us through the the new new normal. I mean, we do have to come up with a new term because <laughs> I'm so tired of that. I mean, we have Everybody been saying is. it since March, but uh, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Milton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next. <laughs>